It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. It's great to have you all out there listening. And I'm really pleased to be bringing you our first Takeaways episode of 2018. And I'm particularly pleased because the event was only yesterday. And I'm bringing this to you the day after, which I think from memory is the fastest I've ever achieved. It's certainly the fastest I think I'm ever going to achieve as, um, as I record these episodes down in Cornwall. And very few e-commerce events happen in Cornwall. So uh, there's always a lag time of getting back here in order to record. Well, as always with these uh, these takeaways episodes, please excuse the slightly less good audio than usual because I edit them myself and I am nowhere near as good as my awesome editor, Kieran, who does the interview shows. So um, so the the, uh, the sound quality is not quite so good, but the content is with you super fast and is hugely relevant, I hope, too. Before I get into the takeaways, I have a very special request that came in a couple of weeks ago in the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group. You can join that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And the request was to say a big hello to Ostara Bailey, who's the founder of Sweet Cloud Designs. Ostara is designing and creating her own products and selling them in her own Etsy shop, which is Sounds kind of normal, but it's pretty impressive considering she's only 10 years old. And if you'd like to check out her gorgeous products, which went down very well in the Facebook group, uh, then have a look on Etsy for Sweet Cloud Designs. And you'll also find the link to that in the show notes. So, Ostara, I am seriously impressed with what you've achieved. You have a bright future ahead of you. Thank you for listening and good luck with Sweet Cloud Designs. Right, one last thing before we dive into the to the real takeaways from the Retail Without Borders event. You can get my script for this show, think of it as a big old blog post and all the links at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 149-5 and I apologise in advance if any typos have slipped through the net. Right then, let's get into this. Yesterday, I attended the Marketplaces Focus Conference Retail Without Borders in London. It's the largest dedicated marketplace event in Europe. And what that means, in case you're wondering what I'm talking about in terms of marketplaces, is it's all about eBay, Amazon, Alibaba World, uh, so Timor and all of those guys. It's about Newegg. It's about using marketplaces to sell your products all over the world. And there was lots of international content as well. As you know, my focus is generally on growing an e-commerce business on your own website by improving the marketing, so customer acquisition, customer loyalty, customer retention. So why did I attend a conference focused on selling overseas via marketplaces? Well, because for many of you out there, the strategies of international and marketplaces are important parts of your growth plans. And whilst I'm no eBay guru, it is important for this marketing advisor to understand the wider e-commerce ecosystem. And wow, were there some interesting things to learn about international marketplace opportunities and a couple of interesting tools and solutions too. Let's start off with the tools. And I've got three of these to talk about. The first one I think is a no-brainer for every single one of you listening. It's a tool called Price Searcher, pricesearcher.com. Um, and if you've got a good Google shopping feed, then you should be submitting it to Price Searcher as well. 
They operate in 10 global regions, including the USA, UK, Ireland and others in Europe. And they're a product search engine that it is free to list your products on. Yes, free to list your products on. So they're used by lots of consumers to find the best price on the product that they are looking to buy. And they're getting over 1 million searches a month. So there's some serious volume there. And it's growing too. Now, that may be somewhere shy of Google in terms of search volume, but it's sufficient that one UK high street retailer was getting so much business from them, they requested a way to buy more. And so Price Searcher have recently brought forward their advertising options as well. So free traffic by providing a product feed. It's a no brainer, right? They've got lots of integrations too. So go and check that out. Head over to pricesearcher.com for details on that one. The second tool I've got for you is a pretty brand new business. They're quite quite new into the space. They're called Free Market FX. And if you play the money markets with your business's foreign currency, if you're not sure if you do this or not, ask your accountant, um, then check out Free Market FX. It's a new service with phenomenal exchange rates that's specifically set up for retailers. You can take a look at that at freemarketfx.com. So that's kind of a bit more niche, mainly for the larger businesses amongst you. This third one is also about payments and currency exchanges. Because if you're getting payments from marketplaces in other countries, then you could increase those margins by a few percentage points. And let's face it, every percentage point counts when you're playing that game by using Payoneer. Now, I've mentioned them before. They are P-A-Y-O-N-E-E-R. And they and give you much more control over converting your cash back into your currency and much better exchange rates than just letting your bank or the marketplace do it for you. It is super simple to set up and as a listener you'll find a very special offer via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash offers. So that's the tools. Let's now get into the meat of these takeaways. What were the key lessons from the Retail Without Borders event this year? Test and measure test and measure. This was mentioned in pretty much every single session I attended. In fact, I think probably all of them, but I didn't keep a tally. Uh, The marketplace game is one, well, the e-commerce game is one of testing and measuring, and it's the same in marketplaces and even kind of even more heightened in marketplaces. So the general advice was start small when you're launching on a new marketplace. Start with a few SKUs, start with with only a couple of strategies, and then roll out what works. That was even suggested by um, the guy who advised huge brands, like massive designer brands, on how to enter a new region. And he was advising them to say it's to start small. That was his key advice. So start small, learn and roll out what works, be that marketing, be that copy, be that photography, be that products and pricing. Basically be driven by your customers. I mean, test and measure, it's a good rule of thumb for any kind of e-commerce but it it clearly is absolutely essential if you're going to be on marketplaces especially if you're going to be using those to go international so that was kind of the big theme for me was test and measure then we have a couple of other key pieces the next 10 years will be nothing like the last 10 years I've talked a fair bit um, in recent years about how in the UK and America, we've reached a bit of a tipping point where our customers have got much more savvy and thus it's much more and it's become much more competitive. Hence, these days, it's now all about the customer service and the emotion and it's less about being first to market. And that's building on that. 
building on that by quite some large steps, um, was what the first keynote of the day from Porter Erisman was about. He's the former VP uh, at Alibaba, was there right from the beginning for many years, so it, saw it grow. So he knows what he's talking about. He's also the author of the book Six Billion Shoppers, The Companies Winning the Global E-Commerce Boom. And the keynote was, I, I think, taking some lessons from that book. I haven't read the book yet, but it is now firmly on my reading list. So he wanted to, or he was running through that if you wanted to be involved in the e-commerce boom that's going to happen over the next 10 years, it ain't going to be happening in the West. We've got a saturated market in the UK, the USA and in the Western world. So the growth is going to be happening somewhere else, which also means it's not going to be happening in the same way as the growth spurt we've seen in the last 10 years in the West. That's roughly all because the pattern of retail evolution has been quite different between the West and the emerging markets. In the West, we had the small one-off store, which evolved into chains and department stores and supermarkets. Then along came e-commerce, building on that huge infrastructure and skill set that was already in place. In the emerging markets, so think South America, China, Indonesia, Asia and Africa, e-commerce came along in a market where there were just the local stores where there weren't internet connections, where properties don't even have addresses and there's no kind of logistics either or payment systems other than cash. So when e-commerce arrived in the emerging markets, it's had to build its own infrastructure in order to thrive. So to put it simply, e-commerce in the West disrupted the existing retail ecosystem leading to job losses and problems in the high street and all the kind of the pain points we see these days in retail. But in the emerging markets, it's creating the retail ecosystem, meaning more jobs, more wealth, more money, very, very different sets of problems, very different sets of opportunities. So sorting out payment methods, logistics and training customers into how to buy online have all been a part of the journey and the continuing journey in the emerging markets because they're not all as developed. China's come on a long way. Africa is still it's still slowly working through in that area. In Indonesia, there's apparently some very interesting things happening as well. Now, that's led... All that need to build the infrastructure has led to things developing in a different way. It's also a key reason why so many businesses have chosen to enter these geographical markets through marketplaces... Because if you're one retailer trying to launch in an emerging market where you have to solve your own logistics problems, where you have to solve your own payment problems, where you have to to educate your own staff, do everything from scratch, that is a huge overhead, a huge struggle, a huge slow process to get getting things moving. However, a marketplace, which is solving all those problems on behalf of multiple, even thousands or tens of thousands or millions of different retailers, can solve the problems for everybody. Hence, marketplaces are are a fast track to getting past all those hurdles. Porter describes what's happening now as a golden era for e-commerce in emerging markets. But it's one you're not going to succeed in if you just copy what you've done in the UK or the USA, USA even. You have to start from the customer and work backwards. And Porter believes that the model that's grown in China is a good one to follow in the other emerging markets. That means marketplace is all and it's very, very different. 
that's probably got you thinking a little bit about emerging markets and their opportunities for you. What I'm going to take you through next is some very interesting pieces about China to give you an idea of how that was ha- that that kind of that model of an emerging market what you can learn from that and also we'll give you some ideas of how to go about selling in China. I've got a little update on Japan and then that's going to be it for today's takeaways. Even if you have no intention of ever selling into China, I still suggest you carry on listening to the end of this podcast because it's just fascinating how things are quite so different over there. Um, it Listening to, to Josh Gardner, who I'm going to tell you about his, his pieces in a minute, just made me want to um, kind of like to, to dive in and go and get myself a Tmall account and find out what's going over there and, and play the part of the of the shopper to see what, what it's all actually like. I can't speak Chinese or Mandarin, so it's going to be quite difficult for me. But hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a go next week. Right. Let's talk China. So Josh Gardner did a session on how to be successful in retail in China. He's the co-founder of Kung Food Data and spends his days helping Western brands grow their sales in China and some Chinese brands too. So he took us through some of the key things you need to know about online retail in China. This is going to be a bit bullet pointy, so bear with it. And there's, there's huge, huge ideas here. So this may well be one you want to go and take a look at in the show notes too. So Chinese retail is all about the marketplaces. Over 90% of all e-commerce purchases happen on a marketplace. The biggest of those is the Alibaba-owned options. So we've got Tmall, Tmall Global and Taobao, which is T-A-O-B-O-A. And these aren't Amazon clones. Oh my Lord, they're not by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, so what makes them so different to what we see over here? What are the driving forces behind these Chinese marketplaces? Well, transparency, first and foremost. The data is hugely available. This is one of the reasons I quite like to kind of have a dive in. It is really easy for anyone to find out what any retailer is achieving in terms of sales value, sales volume, costs and more. Hugely transparent information on what's selling, how it's selling, the price people are paying for it, all that sort of thing which creates huge competition, but also is hugely interesting if you're researching and trying to decide how to enter the marketplace. Accountability. We think that Amazon is very much about accountability with reviews and feedback. Oh my word, it's another level um, when it comes to how things are set up on Tmall and Taobao. As I should say, this bullet pointy bit is primarily about Tmall and Taobao because they're over 50% of the marketplace. So everything you do as a retailer is ranked and rated. So with that transparency and that accountability, the competition between retailers is fierce to get the best positions, to get the customers, to get the sales. And then community is at the heart of it. The social media exists within the marketplace app. You don't leave it to go and put something on Twitter. You do it right there from within the app. And it's they've even had people who within elements of the app have actually met and married via the social media that happens on the marketplace itself so community is really essential as we're going to, I'm going to run through in a couple of seconds um social media sorry customer service is hugely powerful as well and the interesting thing i think about this community and social media aspect and the content side of it is that 
it seems that the objective of those running Alibaba, so running Tmall and Taobao, is not to get the customer to buy as quickly as possible, but about keeping them on the platform and keeping them entertained for as long as possible in order to increase the sales. So kind of like um, it's like a hybrid of Facebook and Amazon, I suppose, maybe to our Western minds. This community at the heart of things element reminded me of the emotion focus at Internet Retailing Conference late last year. So this is maybe one of those areas where the emerging markets have actually got somewhere ahead of the West who's now playing catch up. So maybe there's something we can learn from these emerging markets to make to bring that uh, that customer centric piece further into our Western e-commerce. You can hear details of that emotion focus from the Internet Retailing Conference in podcast 123-5, 123-5. And it's probably best summed up by the Daniel Kahneman quote, if you make them feel more, they will buy more. Okay, back to China then. Um, so I said about content and entertaining the customer, silly product shots and live videos are all done within the platform itself. So a lot of big brands who have launched in China, the, all the branding that they've done has pretty much been on the marketplaces. Um, the uh, Josh told us about a video they'd done uh, explaining how to use butter, which had 300,000 people watching it, a live video right there on Tmall. And silly product shots. He showed some of people showing the strength of the hooks that you can buy from them to hang your clothes on by hanging a toddler off it. Um, And then the strength of suitcases with a very large Chinese man sat on them. So there's definitely an entertainment element to e-commerce in China, which I think might work in the West as well, you know. There will be this this bit. I have to say I struggle to fully understand the detail on this, so um, I'm not going to get into that here. Uh, but what Josh was saying is that there will be multiple people selling your products. There's. It sounds like there's no way of restricting unless you have real solid restriction on who can buy the product and you know even the people coming into your retail stores to buy the product are not going to be selling it on Tmall. Um, So that you're going to be competing against your own wholesale customers, against your own retail customers. So So you've kind of got to see it as an ecosystem, which of course then drives additional competition. I'm just going to say, if you're planning on launching in China, that is an area you're going to need to get an expert in on. Um, Oh, yeah. All delivery is free. Nobody pays for delivery in China. It's all free. And sales volume is driven by discounts. Singles Day, which is the 11th of November, a huge retail day, much, much bigger than Black Friday, is is, was created by Alibaba. And it requires a minimum 50 percent discount if you want to shift product. And the customers still haggle. Um, Josh shared said shared some detail of the customer service requests he gets from for for the clients he works with and he sees three in ten request a free gift before they'll buy and five in ten ask for a discount no matter whether they're buying something for less than a pound or for thousands of pounds they are asking 80 percent of customers ask for a free gift or a discount of some kind and they've already got free delivery that's just kind of an inkling into the the level of customer service requirements because the customers expect a human interaction in that sales process they're asking for discounts they're checking the product is real that's the number one question they ask is this a real one or is this a fake in fact 
from Josh's stats, over 66% of sales are impacted by customer service. That's a real live chat going on. We're not talking phone calls, we're talking live chat, which is right there in the the marketplace. From the screen grabs Josh was showing us, there are kind of like five or six spots on each mobile view page where you can initiate a conversation with the retailer to get answers. And they expect responses within seconds or they're going to go and buy from someone else. So your customer service team in China have to be great salespeople. I think Josh summed this up quite well by saying that the customer service is exhausting. It certainly sound tiring, sounded tiring to me just listening to him talking about it. So the cost of servicing customers is high and the customers are after a great deal and the real product all the time. So margins are tight in that Chinese space, but the volumes can be huge. Then add on to that the fact that that whole... You know, we're all familiar with trying to fight for, you know, first position on Google. Well, there's a lot of battle going on for that prime real estate on the platforms as well. You need to be in spot one to ten if you want to sell product. And obviously spot one is going to be brilliant, which means it's about fewer rather than larger skew counts for most businesses. There's a serious 80-20 curve on the go here. So often it's about seeing, you know, we talked about test and measure earlier. It's about seeing which products are flying and focusing on them and getting them right and then getting rid of the rest of your inventory. It's also, um, in terms of gaming the algorithm to get yourself up to the top quick, you need to get big sales fast, which means there's a lot of urgency going on with the selling messages. For example, first 200 buyers get 50% off or buy two, get one free for the next 30 minutes in order to try and game that algorithm. And mobile is all. 75% of traffic is on mobile and 80% of the sales happen there. This is an app environment. And of course, if that wasn't enough, there are regional differences throughout China as well with the North and South buying different products. I feel feel exhausted again just running you through all of that. My advice, because that's been a little bit of a, uh, a kind of pebble dashing of facts about selling on marketplaces in China. If you want to tackle China and there is huge potential there, but remember margins are tight. I think my number one piece of advice would be find someone who's done it, who knows the space and get them to help you work out how to launch how to man the launch, how to deal with the customer service, and then how to um, how to react and learn from what you're seeing. Okay, so the other thing which you probably worked out there is is hopefully from what I was saying earlier. China in China, e-commerce is incredibly different in its day-to-day actions than it is here in the West, and this is what uh, Porter was predicting is going to be the type of model that the other emerging markets follow. And the, of course, those emerging markets is where the huge growth potential is in the next 10 years. So there you go. There's, there's a little a little nut to get you thinking um, over the weekend, if you listen to this once it comes out. And um, you know, over the next couple of days, whenever you happen to be picking up this podcast and listening to it. I just said a teeny tiny bit on Japan before we wrap up. So the Japan sessions looked awesome, but unfortunately I had to leave before they happened or I would have missed the last train back to Cornwall. So 
take it from me, there is a lot of opportunity in Japan. And in fact, something I learned earlier in the day was that a lot of brands are testing products in Japan before they choose which ones to roll out to China because the, the Chinese market are looking to Japan for what's new and what's hot. Now, I may not have much to tell you in Japan, but back in the e-commerce master plan virtual summit, we had an awesome session by John Kant of Rising Sun Commerce on how to get Amazon Japan working for you. It was a brilliant session and it's still there in the summit. It's still available for free, along with about another 30 videos on different aspects of e-commerce. So please do head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit and dive into the world of Amazon Japan, which is a lot more straightforward than the world of Timor China. So that was ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. So my overall thoughts from Retail Without Borders. The next 10 years in e-commerce are going to be interesting and the interesting stories are probably going to be coming from the emerging markets. And in the West, we're going to be continuing to evolve, but but kind of growing up, which hopefully isn't news to anyone listening to the podcast because I've talked about that quite a bit. On the marketplace side of things, there's a marketplace for everyone these days. So hunt about do your research about both the marketplace and the geographic area and then give it a shot, test and measure. There are so many marketplaces out there now. And in terms of international, I think it continues to be something which should be on your, maybe your quarterly review or your yearly review of which strategies you're going to go after. It's something you should be taking a look at on a regular basis, whether or not you make the decision to do it or not yet. I think it's something you should be considering. Okay, there's my updates from Retail Without Borders. You can find the script of this show, although I have to say I have kind of of gone off-piste a bit, so some of the bits will be missing, but hey, you can see what the script was, um, (laughs) which has all been read out. And all the links at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 149-5. If you want to get stuck into some more conference style content in the meantime, then my e-commerce masterplan virtual summit remains open to registrations. It's free and you'll have access until at least September 2018. Find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. And as I said, that's where you can find the session on Amazon Japan. Or why not head to a real world conference? Next week, IRX, the Internet Retailing Expo, is happening in Birmingham, UK, not Birmingham, Alabama. Sorry, American listeners. It's happening on the 21st and 22nd of March, which is Wednesday and Thursday. I'm chairing on both days, and my word is the agenda looking pretty awesome. Uh, We've got some great speakers, some really interesting panels. On day one, I've got sessions on both SEO and content marketing, which I'm really looking forward to getting some info from those and it's completely free to attend and you can even get 25% off your train fare if you book via the Internet Retailing Expo website. So that's a hot one for anyone in the UK. Then in the USA on the 18th and 19th of April is the Home Delivery World Conference. I unfortunately can't make it to that one but if you're in the US it's well worth taking a look. You can use the code e-commerce to save 50, 15, even 15% on tickets for that one. Um, and you'll find links to both those conferences in the show notes at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 149-5 or head to the website, go to the podcast tab and click on the link to this show. Have a great weekend. Um, if you're listening to this on the Friday, I put it live. Have a great week if you're not. And um, all of you, keep optimizing. 
Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.